This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. When Jesus was crucified um, on the cross, I want to remind you that there wasn't just one cross, but there was actually three different crosses. Uh, There wasn't just one person being, or one man being crucified on that Good Friday. There were actually two other men that were being crucified on that Good Friday. They There were two others that were kind of hanging out with Jesus. I worked hard on that one. It's a preacher thing. It took me hours to come up with that. I should have got a little bit more laughter. There were two others that were hanging out. This is what you pay your pastor to do, to spend time to come up with these corny corny jokes, but uh, the Bible talks about this, and I want to read this tonight and set the stage, and the purpose of what we're doing here tonight with all of this is to create imagery and to tell the story of what happened some 2,000 years ago. For so many, they never think about the two other crosses, the two other men that were crucified along with our Jesus And in Luke's gospel, it talks about them. In Luke 23, verse 32, it says, Two others, both criminals, were taken along with him for execution. And when they got to the place called Skull Hill, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And dividing up his clothes, they threw dice for them and The people stood, they're staring at Jesus, and the ringleaders made faces taunting, he saved others, let's see him save himself, the Messiah of God, ha, Uh, the chosen, ha. The soldiers also came up and poked fun at him, making a game of it. They, They toasted him with sour wine, so you're the king of the Jews, save your Self, they they said, and printed over him was a sign, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals, one of the criminals hanging alongside cursed him, some Messiah you are, save yourself and save us. But the other one made him shut up, hmm, have you no fear of God? You're getting the same as him. We, we deserve this, but not him. He did nothing to deserve this. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Notice what Jesus says here. He said, Jesus, don't worry. I will. Today you will join me in paradise. Wow. Now... Now, this is what happened some 2,000 years ago. We call it Good Friday, but I don't think it was all that good for our, our Jesus. Um, for the last couple of weeks, I've kind of been going through the narrative of the Gospels, 
in the timeline of what we call the Passion Week. It's the last week of Jesus' life, and it just has just rocked my world. And some of the things I want to share tonight is some of the things that I feel like God has impressed me as we paint the picture of what happened on that good Friday. But what I would like to do is I would like to actually back up to the Tuesday of that particular week, the Tuesday, or excuse me, the Monday, the Monday before the Friday when Jesus was crucified. And I want us to talk about the events that actually happened on that Monday. Uh, You see, it was Passover time there in Jerusalem for all of the Jewish people. And scholars tell us that some 200, two two and a half million, two and a half million Jews, people, converged on Jerusalem uh, for this big celebration called Passover. They were celebrating their liberation from slavery, from Egypt. And it is the, the, the day before on that Sunday, you remember, that Jesus arrived. Uh, it's Palm Sunday, and he comes into Jerusalem there, and the people are welcoming him. He's riding on a, a donkey, and they, they lay down palm branches, and they're shouting, and they're singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, when they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, um, what they're actually saying is they're saying, save us, save us, save us now. You see, the Jewish people at this point were, were looking for their Messiah. They were expecting their Messiah to come to them. And they've been watching Jesus, and Jesus has been going from town to town, village to village, and Jesus has been healing remarkable miracles. The blind are seeing, the lame are walking, the the deaf are hearing, and the, the dead are being raised back from the dead. And they're saying, this has to be the Messiah. Surely he's going to come, and he's going to save us from this Roman authority and this Roman rule that they were under. But Jesus is not coming into their city to overthrow their government. He's actually there to overthrow the injustice of all evil. Jesus did not come just to save one group of people. Jesus came to save all humanity. And so it's it's Monday, and... He comes into the temple, some of us know the story, and he comes into the temple and he sees these tables, he sees these tables in the temple. You see, when you go into the temple, uh, you have to offer a sacrifice, and so this would have been very normal for Jesus to see temples or see tables in the temples. You see, many people had come from long distances and and they needed an animal sacrifice for temple worship. And so they didn't bring their animals with them. And so what they would do, what they would do is they would purchase their, their animal for their sacrifice. But the problem was is you had to have the right kind of money. And so there was money changers that would exchange uh, your money for the right kind of money so you could buy the sacrifice necessary for the temple worship. Now, what was happening 
is that these money changers were um, taking advantage of the people. Uh, they were charging enormous exchange fees for their own personal gain, and um, Jesus is not happy with it. Now, now, Jesus didn't have a problem with the temple system. Uh, understand that this whole system was established by God, given to Moses, and it was just trying to reveal the animal sacrifice, their need for a sacrifice, which would ultimately be Jesus, the lamb, uh, the perfect lamb that would take away the sins of the world. So Jesus didn't have a problem with the temple system, but he did have a problem with these money changers exploiting and taking advantage of people's religious needs. And so Jesus, uh, fresh off the parade, remember the heroes welcome there on, on um, Sunday. It's now Monday. And he comes into the temple, and he's fresh off of the parade, and they're excited about Jesus being there. But Jesus, seeing their greed, he goes over to the table, and he, uh, he, uh, he turns the table over. Can, can you imagine... What they must have been feeling, some of you, your, your mouths are hanging over in complete shock, and this is just a sermon, but it was their reality. Can you imagine what they must have been going through, their reaction, the anger, the doubt? They, they, they must be upset. Who, who, does this, who does this Jesus guy think that he is? I mean, they were just celebrating him, right? Heroes welcome, the big parade. They were rejoicing. Hosanna, Hosanna. He's going he's to save us. But now he comes into our place of worship and he, he, he turns our tables over. He, he, he changes. He, he, he messes with the way we're doing. Church, that's, that's what he does. He comes into the temple. It was what they experienced that day in the temple. And it's at this point, Jesus having turned over the tables, he looks at them and he says, you have turned my place into a den of thieves. In other words, you've turned my place, the, the gathering place that I have for people. It steals from them instead of gives to them. You have made it a den of so Jesus turns their tables over. He turns their, their system over. He turns their religious activity over. He, he, he disrupts the way they're doing church. <laughs> wow. Now, this is what you need to understand. Uh, there's something bigger going on in this picture because it's really not about their tables. It's, um, it's bigger than that. It's about, it's about a new table that Jesus has come to establish. You see, Jesus was turning over their tables so that they could pay closer attention to this, this, this new table that he was revealing to them. You see, Jesus actually introduces this, this new table 
that Thursday. Uh, he has his disciples and he takes them into a room. It's called the Last Supper and they, they, get, they get close to finishing their meal and Jesus takes the time to show them the bigger picture, to introduce this, this new table. And this is what Jesus says that Thursday evening. He says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke the bread and gave it to the disciples and said, take this and eat it. This is my body. This is my body. Then he took a cup and spoke a prayer of thanksgiving. He gave it to them and said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood, the blood of the promise. It is poured out for many people so that the sins are forgiven. This new table you see that Jesus is, is introducing here, um, it's, it's, actually, it's actually the cross that he would in just a few hours die upon. Uh, he was preparing his disciples. He was revealing to them that, that this table would bring would bring things that these other tables could not, could not bring. That, that this table, this new table would redeem humanity from, from their sins. That this new table would offer forgiveness. And that this new table would bring restoration and healing. That this new table would take away their guilt and their shame and their condemnation and, and remove their judgment. This new table... He was revealing to them, would give them a brand new life. This table was going to offer what these other tables could never give. And Jesus turned over their tables to establish this new table. And that is exactly what Jesus did some 2,000 years ago on Good Friday as he hung on that cross dying for the sins of humanity. You see, it was the cross in the middle. It was the cross of redemption. This is what he was revealing to them, and, 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 and this is what the Bible says about this cross. It says in Ephesians 1, 7, it says, in him we have redemption. Redemption just means, simply means to save. In him we have redemption through his his blood, that's, that's the cross, it's the blood that was shed, the forgiveness of sins. This, this is what the Bible says about this, this, this cross of redemption in Isaiah 53, 4 and 6. He says, he took on himself our, our troubles and carried our sorrows. He was hurt for our wrongdoing. He was crushed for our sins. He was punished so that, so that we would have peace. He was beaten so that we would be healed. All, all. You, me, all of us like sheep have gone the wrong way. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord, notice, has put on him the sin of us all. You see, it, it wasn't just the physical suffering that Jesus was going through on this, on this cross. Jesus took our sin. He took our judgment. He, he absorbed our punishment in his body so that we could 
be saved. 2 Corinthians, I love the way this puts it in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is the clarity of the gospel. He became so that we could become. He became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is the cross that redeems us, that saves us. This is the cross that heals us, and this is the cross that restores us. This is the the cross that, that removes the guilt and removes the shame. It, it removes our past. I wish I could get some help in this church tonight. It removes our past. This is a cross that gives us a brand new life. Um, this is the cross that God gave you. This is the cross that God gave me. This is the cross that God gave all of humanity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This is why we, we call it Good Friday, because it's so, so, so good for us. Come on, somebody. What you might not have ever thought about is the cross that was on the left side or to the left of Jesus. It's, it's called the cross of rejection. You see, on this cross, there was a criminal that was being crucified that day for his crimes. He, he was being punished for his evil, his evil ways. He was a guilty man and... And now he's getting, what he, he's getting what he deserves. And here is this man. He's just a few, few feet away from, from Jesus, um, the Savior of the world, who's actually dying before him, who is bleeding and suffering for the sins of humanity. And, and, and this man on this cross here is, he's so angry, he's so upset, and he's so bitter that he's spending his remaining hours cursing Jesus. He's, uh, he's mocking Jesus. He's insulting, he's insulting Jesus. And he says things like this, prove yourself. Prove that you are the, the Savior. Come down from that, that cross and save yourself. He's cursing. He's mocking. If you really are the Savior, you would save yourself and if you could save yourself, then maybe you could save, you could save us. If you really were God, you would, you would fix this mess. How many times have we said that? If you were really God, you would, you would fix this mess. And the truth was, by staying on the cross, he was fixing. He was fixing. He was fixing the mess. Now, we don't know why this guy was so angry. We don't know why he was so upset and so bitter, but apparently life had made him that way. His heart was so hardened that not even just a few feet away, the bleeding Savior, 
not even the twisted body of Jesus. And this is the part that kind of gets me, not even the final sayings and prayers of Jesus that lasted for six hours. It took six hours for Jesus to die on that cross that day from nine in the morning, three o'clock in the afternoon. The final prayers, the final sayings, nothing that Jesus says on that cross could change this man's heart. In other words, this man intends to die no better than what he ever lived in his life. This man will forever be remembered by using his very last breath to mock Jesus, to curse Jesus, to reject Jesus. This is the cross of rejection. There was another cross on Jesus' right side that day. It was the cross of repentance. On this cross, there was another criminal. He was being crucified just like the others, and he was uh, being punished for his crimes, for his evil ways. He, he was actually a guilty man just like the other criminal, and he's actually getting what he deserves. But for six hours on that Good Friday, for six hours he has been, here it is, He's been hanging with Jesus. Thank you. He's just feet away from the Savior. Um, the Savior that's dying and the Savior that's bleeding, the, the Savior that's suffering for the sins of humanity. He's been watching for, for six hours. He's been watching the bleeding Savior. He sees the broken, twisted body of Jesus, and he hears, he hears, he hears the prayers that Jesus prayed during those six hours. He hears, he hears the sayings that Jesus said in those six hours, and he listens as Jesus, as Jesus utters those words to people that have spent six hours punishing him and ridiculing him and crucifying him. He hears the words that, that Jesus utters from his lips. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And all of a sudden, this, this criminal recognized that Jesus wasn't just a man, that, that he's actually the the Son of God. And this guilty criminal recognizes that Jesus' death was for his sins, that it was for his judgment, that this, 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 this man God was not doing it for himself. This man knows that he is guilty, that he deserves what he's getting. He deserves death for his evil deeds. And so this criminal, he looks over at Jesus upon, on his cross and he cries out, Father, remember me. Remember me. I want you to think about those words as the worship team comes back. Remember me. Well, what, is he, what is he saying? He says, I, I need a Savior. 
I, I believe that you are the Son of God. I, I ask that you would have mercy on me. Jesus, remember me. And it's at that moment that Jesus turns and looks at him. And Jesus says to him, this day you will be with me in paradise. What a clear, pure picture of Christianity. It is absolutely, I believe, the clearest picture of salvation in the entire Bible. A man who did nothing, nothing good in his life ever, gets the ultimate reward of eternal life by simply asking for it. Wow. This is the truth about Christianity. Um, you can't earn it. You don't deserve it. You see, he didn't have time to get off the cross and go to church and pay his tithe. He just, he just calls on Jesus. And Jesus says, from this day, you'll be with me in paradise. I believe that you're the Son of God. I need a Savior. And that day, Jesus said, you will be with me in paradise. Here is a man who did nothing to deserve it and yet got it. Wow. A man who was the worst, he got the best. A man who has done the least, but got the most. Um, Ephesians, Ephesians tells us this reality. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace... You have been saved through faith, and that, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. That's what Christianity is all about. You see, on that Good Friday, there were, there were two crosses on each side of Jesus, and those two crosses just simply represent humanity's response to Jesus. Both of them were criminals. Both of them deserved to be punished. And yet both of them were given the same opportunity and one rejected Jesus and the other repented and received the free gift of eternal life. I have a question for you tonight as we kind of wrap this up. Um, what have you done with the, the cross in the middle? Whose cross have you put your trust in? Wow. I like it because the Bible says that Jesus' last words is as he, was, as he was dying and giving his last breath, he, he commits his spirit into the hands of, of his father, and he shouts out these words, it is finished. 
What was Jesus saying? He was saying, it is accomplished. He was saying, the sin debt has been paid. He was saying, and hear it tonight. You know what Jesus was saying? Jesus was saying, there is now a new table. There's now a new table. So here's the question for us tonight as we, as we wrap this up. Whose table are you trusting in? Whose table are you trusting in? In just a moment, we're going to take communion, and um, the Bible instructs us, as often as we do this, do this in remembrance or by remembering what Jesus did on that cross 2,000 years ago called Good Friday. And just like that guilty criminal that day cried out, Lord, remember me. Uh, that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to come to this table and we're going to cry out, Lord, re remember me. Lord, Lord, I believe that you are the Savior. I, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that your body was broken for me so that my body could be made whole and healed. I, I believe that your blood was shed for me for the forgiveness of my sins, that you took my judgment, that you took my condemnation. Lord, I remember that you became sin so that I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And as we do that here tonight, in just a moment, I'm going to have Nick sing, sing this song. And, and as he begins to sing, we're not going to take communion yet, but if you have not received your, 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 your cup and your, your bread, then you can lift your hands and ushers will move through the aisles at that time. And I really do believe as we take this in a moment that things are going to change for so many of you. As I was thinking and preparing and going through the timeline, just my personal devotion with God, thinking about the events of this last week, I couldn't help but to get to the end of it and think, man, Jesus, you're so great. Who, who would do that? Who, who, would, who would die for lost, dying humanity, even when he knows that there'll be many who will reject him, but he'll still do it because of those who will repent and receive who would do that? My God, you are so awesome. You are so great. And that's the reason why we're here. We're, we're, we're believers. If you're not a believer here tonight, then I would encourage you. You don't have to go to church to get salvation. You don't have to pay your tithes to get salvation. You don't have to jump through all the religious hoops. You don't have to do all these other table stuff. You just got to... You just got to remember me, Lord. 
You just got to call upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible says all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be, shall be saved. And you can do that right now as we, we, we sing this song and, and we prepare ourselves to take communion. Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God and I surrender my life tonight. And in that moment, in that instance, you were born again. If you was to breathe your last breath, you know where, you, where you'd spend eternity? In heaven, in paradise, with your Lord and Savior forever. Come on, and ever, and ever. And I was thinking, in fact, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning last night as I was kind of going through the whole process of Jesus being arrested about 1 a.m. And he was actually praying earlier than that. And for some odd reason, I was, I was awakened about 11 o'clock and I couldn't go back to sleep. And I'm thinking, this is about the time Jesus was praying on that Thursday evening, and his disciples were sleeping. And I said, you know, it didn't work out too good for them, so I just said, I'm going to get out of bed and go to my office, and I'm going to pray. And uh, 1 o'clock came, and it was about the time they arrested Jesus. And I was thinking about all that it was, he was about ready to do on that that, that Good Friday some 2,000 years ago, and I, I just kept saying, God, you are so great. You are so awesome. And then I thought of that song. Most of you won't, won't know this song because most of you weren't raised in the church. You were raised in the bars. But we used to sing a song. We used to sing a song growing up. I'm sure many of you will know it. We used to sing this song, How Great Thou Art. I could not shake it. I'm thinking, God, you are so great. I can't believe you did this for me and gave me an opportunity. You came and interrupted religious systems and religious ways, introduced a new table, took your place on the center cross so that we might have the ability to choose. God, thank you dying for me. You are so great. And we never sang all the verses of that song because, you know, when you sang from the hymnals, you'd always sing the first and maybe the third and the fourth verse and uh, the chorus. And so I had to get out my hymnal. Well, I don't have a hymnal, but I went online and got one. And there, there's, 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 a, there's a verse in this that really tells it all. And I've asked Nick to sing this, and I want you to really seriously let this go deep. It's Good Friday. It's Good Friday, and, and, and here's what I want you to do, because in a moment, I believe there's something available that may not have been available because of your belief and expectation right now. Can, can I remind you in just a moment that once Jesus turned these tables over, once he inter interrupted the way they were doing church and the, the moment he's trying to introduce a new table, the, the Bible says that in that temple, the blind begin to come in and the lame begin to come in and miracles begin to happen because of this new table. In just a moment, we're going to partake and if you need 
the elements, the ushers will move in the aisle. And, but if not, if you're all set and ready to go, I just want you to just pause for a moment and let's let God do a work in our life because He's so great. Lord, my God. If you need elements, just raise your hand. The ushers will come. When I in awesome wonder. Come on, you don't want to miss it. If you need elements, ushers, help me. There's hands going up. Hands have made. Just hold your hand up until you get that. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout. Universe display, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art! How great thou art! Then sings my soul. That God is not sparing Sent him to die I scarce can take it in There it is That on that cross My burden gladly bearing He bled and died Take away my sin. Come on, is anybody excited and thankful for that? I'm going to ask Nick to sing that one verse one more time, and I'm going to let you to ta- let you take the elements as you as you desire. But I want to pray before we do that. Father, I pray tonight that God, this moment becomes a moment like none other. That Father, perhaps people's eyes have been awakened, and understanding has come to truly what this new table represents. Father, through this new table, through your sacrifice upon that cross, your body was broken so that our body could be made whole. And Father, I pray tonight that as we take your bread, as as we take your body, that healing would flow. God, just like the day, that day in that temple where the blind begin to see, the lame begin to walk, 
the deaf begin to hear. Father, I pray, God, today, this evening, as we take of your body, God, that healing would begin to flow, that, God, that disease and sickness would be removed, that death sentences would, would come off of our life, that healing would flow by the stripes of Jesus. We've made, we're made whole. And, Father, I pray as we, we drink of the cup tonight, for those that have been struggling with guilt and shame and condemnation, God, I thank you that you are removing that tonight. We're, we're remembering, Lord, we're, we're remembering that you are our Savior, that you are our, our God, that you are the one that took our punishment, that took our sin. You took our shame, our guilt. You took, you took Lord, all that could have destroyed humanity. Father, it is this night that I pray that this table becomes truly the table you intended it to be, a table of wholeness, a table of healing, a table of deliverance, a table of forgiveness, a table of freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's sing it again, and you take when and you're ready. And when I think that God, he said not sparing, sent him to die. I scarce can take it in. That on that cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art! Father, remove this sickness. How great Thou art! Thank You, Lord, that You've taken then away the sin. Then sings my soul, God, my Savior God, to Thee. Christ shall come. Come on, just one more time, church. With shouts of acclamation. And on, take does anybody have a shout on a good Friday? With joy shall fill my heart. Come on, is anybody thankful? Shall bow. Father, we receive healing. We receive forgiveness. And they proclaim. How many of you would agree? 
Our God is great. Come on. I want to say a couple things and we're going to dismiss here in just a moment. Can I remind you tonight that what Jesus provided, you don't have to get it? Hear it tonight, because this is going to help you. As some of you leave tonight, you're going to be made whole as you go. It is, it is the religious table and system that wants you to get it when God's already, to, already provided it. We don't get we don't work, we don't earn, we don't deserve the forgiveness and the healing. We just simply say yes and receive it. Jesus already paid the price. He, he declared it on that Good Friday. It is finished. What was Jesus saying? He was saying your healing is finished. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. It is finished. Just receive it. I want to encourage you tonight to receive the goodness of God that was given on that Good Friday. You don't have to earn forgiveness. You just say, Lord, remember me. And from that moment on, don't let any devil ever tell you any different, any religious person. And from that moment on, you will be with God in paradise because it's not what you do. It's what Jesus did. Some 2,000. Come on, somebody. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.